This is Life in FM, the Good Shepherd Fargo-Moorhead podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to the podcast. I'm Pastor Taylor, your host, and this week I'm excited that Pastor Mary is finishing off this sermon series with a focus on the good and the dangerous part of spending one-on-one time with God. This is Life in FM. Today we've got a story about the prophet Elijah from the Old Testament. And we hear about a rough moment he has in his life, his midlife crisis, and how God shows up for him. A reading from 1 Kings chapter 19. The great prophet Elijah is having a midlife crisis. It says at the beginning of chapter 19 of 1 Kings, Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done and how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah saying, So may the gods do to me and more also, if I do not make your life like the life of one of them by this time tomorrow. Then he was afraid. He got up and fled for his life and came to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah. He left his servant there, but he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a solitary broom tree. He asked if he might die. It is enough. Now, O Lord, take away my life, for I am no better than my ancestors. Then he lay down under the broom tree and fell asleep. Suddenly an angel touched him and said to him, Get up and eat. He looked, and there at his head was a cake baked on hot stones and a jar of water. He ate and drank and lay down again. The angel of the Lord came a second time, touched him, and said, Get up and eat. Otherwise the journey will be too much for you. He got up and ate and drank. Then he went in the strength of that food for forty days and forty nights to Horeb, the mount of God. At that place he came to a cave and spent the night there. Then the word of the Lord came to him, saying, What are you doing here, Elijah? He answered, I have been very zealous for the Lord, the God of hosts, for the Israelites have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. I alone am left, and they are seeking my life to take it away. He said, Go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Now there was a great wind, so strong that it was splitting mountains and breaking rocks in pieces before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind, and after the wind an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake, and after the earthquake a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire, and after the fire a sound of sheer silence. When Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. Then there came a voice to him that said, What are you doing here, Elijah? He answered, I have been very zealous for the Lord, the God of hosts, for the Israelites have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. I alone am left, and they are seeking my life to take it away. Then the Lord said to him, Go, return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus. When you arrive, you shall anoint Hazael as king over Aram. 
Also, you shall anoint Jehu, son of Nimshi, as king over Israel. And you shall anoint Elisha, son of Shaphat, of Abel-Meholah, as prophet in your place. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The first day of my trip to the Holy Land, we went to Mount Carmel, a place where the Old Testament prophet Elijah had a showdown against 450 prophets who served a god named Baal. Elijah won the showdown, but it led to a midlife crisis for this great prophet. In the Bible passage I shared with you today, God asks Elijah two times, what are you doing here? That's a good question. I used it as a guiding question during my trip through the Holy Land. And so I ask you today, what are you doing here? This is the last week of the sermon series called, What's Next? It's been a way for us to look at three practices that give us a solid foundation to grow in faith. First, worshiping with others. Second, discussing faith in small groups. And third, having one-on-one -on -one time with God. Pastor Maggie spoke two weeks ago about the value of having small groups to grow in faith with. Last week, Pastor Taylor shared the power of bringing your whole self to worship. One-on-one -on -one time with God is the third part of this foundation. And a guiding question for one-on-one -on -one time with God is, what are you doing here? When God asks that question of Elijah, he is having a midlife crisis, a crisis of vocation and a real need to escape from the person, Queen Jezebel, who is trying to kill him. As he is fleeing for his life, he takes some time to think. He has meaningful quiet time with God. In, this, in his quiet time, he sits under a broom tree and asks that he might die. See, Elijah is bringing his whole self to God. He is being honest. He is not holding back. Life is hard. Just kill me now. But instead of killing him, God sends an angel with some food. And the angel says the most beautiful words I can imagine. Get up and eat. Angels with food are the best kinds of angels, in my opinion. Elijah eats and then takes a nap under the broom tree and the angel brings more food and then says, keep moving. He keeps going until he gets to Mount Horeb, the same mountain that Moses climbed to receive the Ten Commandments. Then he has more one-on-one -on -one time with God. God asks Elijah, what are you doing here? And Elijah whines about how hard life is. He says, I have been very zealous for the Lord, the God of hosts, for the Israelites have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. I alone am left, and they are seeking my life to take it away. Elijah is mostly right. Many Israelites have abandoned God for the false god of Baal. King Ahab has married Queen Jezebel, and she has killed many of God's prophets and has destroyed places of worship. But... Elijah isn't the last faithful person. There are others. Any counselor will tell you that your perception is off if you start using absolutes, everyone or no one, all or nothing, always or never. 
So God tries to refocus Elijah away from this pity party. God says, come outside of your cave and watch this. And first there's a rock splitting wind, but God isn't in the wind. And then an earthquake, but God isn't in the earthquake. Then a fire, but God isn't in the fire. And then the sound of sheer silence. When Elijah hears this, God asks him again, what are you doing here? And even though Elijah has just witnessed that God has the power over wind, earth, fire, and silence, thus demonstrating that he also has the power to lead someone through a midlife crisis, Elijah remains unchanged. He gives God the same answer. I've been very zealous. I've done everything right, but nobody likes me. Everyone is trying to kill me. I'm the only faithful person left, blah, blah, blah. I've always loved this Bible story because it is so human. Elijah is whining and complaining, just as we all do from time to time. But it wasn't until last week when I was studying this passage with others that I heard the full message of the story. Up until last week, I thought this story, as it applies to my devotional life, is how God shows up in powerful ways. And that has reassured me. And that isn't wrong. God is powerful and God does show up for us, just like he showed up for Elijah. But I had completely missed the point that when God shows up, we don't always hear what we want to hear. Our Bible study leader, Dr. Michael Chan, said that this part of the story is the decommissioning of Elijah. I never realized that Elijah lost his prophet job during this midlife crisis. After Elijah repeats his pity party story a second time, God says, your time as my main prophet is over. Go and anoint your successor, Elisha. There is both judgment and grace in God's words. There's judgment because Elijah's job is done. There is grace because everything doesn't depend on Elijah. There are others out there who can take the baton and keep running and God is still in control. One-on-one -on -one time with God is important. Even when we don't hear what we want to hear. Maybe especially when we don't hear what we want to hear. One-on-one -on -one time with God is not always comforting. If God is always agreeing with you, you are not opening yourself to God. You're just confirming your own biases. We call the Bible the living word because God's word and presence breaks into our lives, sometimes with comfort and sometimes with a kick in the pants. Have you ever heard a hard word from God? Maybe you heard the word no when you were desperately hoping for yes. We don't always give ourselves the best advice. If we're in a hard season at work or in a relationship, we're tempted to say, eh, it's time to bail. But what if it's time to reevaluate and look at how we are contributing to what is not working? Or we may desperately hold on to power or position and we refuse to let go or change course. But what if it is time to pass the baton and go down a new path? All three faith practices we've been looking at, worship, small groups, and one-on-one -on -one time, inform and build on each other. The word that you heard in worship may be the word that has new meaning in your one-on-one -on -one time with God. 
The wisdom of your small group may help you see a Bible passage in a new way, to help you show up and worship in a new way, or in your one-on-one -on -one time in a new way. If your faith is based on believing in God only when things go your way, then what do you do when things don't go your way? Tending to these three faith practices, this three-legged stool, teaches you that God still shows up for you powerfully, even when things fall apart. Elijah was lost in his pain and his fear, but God still showed up for him in the angel who gave him baked cakes and a jar of water. God showed up for him in the earthquake, wind, fire, and silence. God was still in charge. And God didn't drop Elijah after having him pass the baton to Elisha. Keep reading 1 Kings. It's the end of that chapter for Elijah, but not the end of his life. The guiding question for my trip last week, what are you doing here? is a question that changed, is an answer that changed every day. But the biggest learning for me was that I have so much more to learn, that faith is an ongoing quest for closeness with God, and it helps to take that journey with others through worship, through small groups, through hearing a word of comfort or challenge from our God during one-on-one -on -one time. I invite you to join the journey. Amen. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast, check back weekly for new content, and if you'd like to support this important ministry of Good Shepherd, you can go to our website, knowthegoodshepherd.org giving for a one-time or recurring gift, or you can text a dollar amount to the number 84321. Thanks for being a part of the community here at Good Shepherd. This is Life in FM.